Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Listen, Learn and Burn podcast, hosted by Phil Williams and Jen Kay, co-owners of Lift, Learn and Burn, the online coaching service created to transform the body and minds of females. Getting out and getting steps in can sometimes feel like you're walking for the sake of walking, which is why we're on a mission to make your walks a little bit more fun. So get off the couch, throw your headphones in and get those feet moving. Oh, and if you're in England, it's probably best you take a coat because it's more than likely chucking it down. Every week, we'll be going in-depth into a specific topic related to female weight loss. We know how overwhelming and overcomplicated weight loss can be, so we make sure to cut out all the big fancy words and bring you the information that you need to know. And if you're not sure how to start your journey, then head over to our website now to get your hands on our free fat loss guide. What's up? Go on with that again, Ali. Yeah. Fantastic. Because I've already had several comments about the weird noise that I was making at the beginning of the podcast that failed to record properly. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. So one thing that we've learned from last week is just to double check that actually the whole podcast has been recorded and that it didn't start in the middle of the intro. And this is more proof that you cannot fail, you can only learn. Only learn. Last week and fail, yeah. we are getting point. comfortable in the uncomfortable of the fact that we put out a podcast that was a mere 15 minutes long and messed up on the intro. Whoops. Without realising. Whoops. I mean, one in 44 is not bad, is it? We had quite a lot of messages about it. Great to know that there's so many listeners out there who care, though. That is very true. We massively appreciate you letting us know. I yeah. thought as well that, and again, this is the second, not failure, just learning point, thought I'd taken off. But what I actually had done is I just deleted the audio full stop. So I hadn't actually deleted episode 44. I deleted the actual, and this is the depth of my knowledge right now with podcasts i deleted the audio file so if you go to listen to it there'd just be nothing there <laughs> so we went from an episode that was kind of like cut and jumpy to zero audio to me finally going oh if i just click that button that says delete that <laughs> and if anyone has any tips on how to make the logo be the correct logo on apple podcasts yeah, please help us because it's jumped back to the old logo and it's really bugging me but the thing that's frustrating is it hasn't because yeah, my phone, it's fine. Yeah, and on loads of other people's when they screenshot it, it's the new logo. No, it's the old one on everyone's. No, not everyone's. This is what I'm getting. But at. people on Spotify are screenshotting it's the new logo. Mm. But the Apple Podcasts, it's the old logo. Not on everyone's. Some oh. people's, it's the new one. This is why it's confusing. Don't know. I don't think it's us. I think some people need to like update the phone or oh, something. Oh right, I that's see what, what I'm getting at. Yeah. Right. Maybe if I try updating mine and see whether it works. Yes. Can't. Still dead. Yeah, your phone's broke. I've gone to the ombudsman. The ombudsman, yeah, you have. You've gone deep, <laughs> I've haven't t- you? I've taken my complaint to another level. Jen's hopefully no listeners work for Protect Your Bubble, but Jen's gone deep. If you do, screw you all. That's I not hate very nice. you. It's not very Everyone nice who's insured with Protect Your Bubble, ditch them and find someone new because they have royally screwed me you can't over. Make comments like that. Don't care. We're not allowed. Not bothered. We might get sued. Can we? Can you afford it? No. Well, exactly. Take Nobody it back. tell them what I said. Take it back. What if, what if the CEO of PYB works for... Oh, the letters I just used. What if the CEO... You said them wrong. The CEO of PYB? Oh, well, yeah. I didn't, though, did it's I? It's protect my bubble, I think. I thought it was protect your bubble. No, I think it's protect my bubble. Are you sure? I don't know. You don't even know the name of the company. You're bad-mouthing them. <laughs> Terrible. Anyway, today... We did have a really good conversation around what's up last week and how, where it came from, the little froggies. And, the Budweiser, and my right? great story about that time that Zaps mm. changed the name of what's up, mm. uh, Zaps to what's up's and the ice cream van. 
near school, my mum wouldn't go and order me a zap because they'd changed the name. She said if I wanted one, I had to get it myself. My theory is though, surely she could have gone up and said, can I have a zap, please? <laughs> Don't know. If I'm an ice cream man... I used to point at it. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. If I'm an ice cream man, I'd be like, yeah, of course you can have a zap. But anyway... People have already listened to that story once. Have they? I don't know. Thing is, there could have been some excellent, valuable content in that last episode that's oh, gone I into doubt the technical, the technical clouds. We probably it waffled on for about fifteen minutes and then. Oh, I know. It's just very sad. I feel like I put a lot of time and effort into that one last week. Mm. I feel like it was a good one. Well, we'll put even more time and effort in this week because we're going to re-listen to the podcast. So okay. let's keep them nice and quick. <laughs> right. See you next week. <laughs> no, this week we're talking about your environment. Um, as you'll know from the title your environment the people that are in your environment and how both of those can hold you back and to begin the podcast as we did last week we stop making weird formal segues I'm not making a formal segue I'm talking to to begin this podcast segue into the next a segue is when you bring it into a next part yeah you were I'd already started oh alright okay what I've done is I've gone from one sentence to another I can't I want to make my terrible jokes again what terrible jokes like everything, like if I say something, I remember that I said something last time and I want to say it in case there was someone who missed it. I wouldn't worry, they weren't that good. No, it wasn't even a joke, it was just a helping people how to spell environment. <laughs> yeah, that was rubbish. That's the thing as well, that didn't even work. That was terrible. There was environment. Yeah. There's a run in environment. Yeah, but then... People miss that. There will be people going, oh my goodness, that's just changed my life. No, they won't. They will. Just so you know, no, they won't. They will? <laughs> Spelling is a very tricky subject, I'll have you know. I'm aware, I'm bad at spelling. Well, you need my tips. I don't, because I can spell environment. Environment. I can spell, but you then went on last week to say you could just do it with every word. Yeah, convenience. I talked about that one. That's a difficult word to spell, now everyone can spell it. No, because to me, convenience ends in an S, if I do it like that. No. I'd have to say, convenienki, but to do that, <laughs> I'd need to know how to spell it, surely. You know, you look at it, then you create the word phonetically, so you say it how it's said. So Egypt. Say it how it's spelled. Egypt. <laughs> Not quite. Or Egypt. 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 Where are you going on your all this? Egypt. Egypt. Oh, sorry. Egypt for 12 weeks <laughs> is where I'm going on my. Oh, lie there, you sir. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden nobody has any clue what I'm saying again <laughs> well they can spell it all <laughs> they can spell everything now so basically to have a conversation now what people are going to have to do with me is write down what I'm saying so they can then read it back I'm making people's lives more difficult Jen it's supposed to make it easier <laughs> that's really difficult anyway in this why have I never podcast, done that with a whole sentence before that's so funny We'd have a dog called Reggie. <laughs> Reggie, oh, he doesn't listen when I say Reggie, so it makes no difference what I call him. Oh, right. Breathe. Anyway. As Talk was, about environment. As I was segueing into. Um, I'm going to have to try and not go formal now, or else you'll make a comment, won't you? Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to try and read all this in the... Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. No. Your environment isn't just... The things that are there. I think when we think about environment, we think about like where we live, which it does have an impact as it well. It does, but yeah. There's so much more to your environment than just where your house is or where you work. So have a think about the people right now that you naturally surround yourself with every single day. So we're not just talking about friends. We're talking about in general. 
So it can be absolutely anybody. It can be friends, family, strangers, workmates. Think about those people and then think about what the actions that they take on a day-to-day -day basis are. What type of people are they? And what types of things do they eat? How much do they eat? What do they drink? How much do they move? And one of the biggest ones is how do they talk about food? How do they communicate and what types of words do they use? Now, the most difficult thing in this situation and what probably most people are thinking right now is, well, everybody's different. And that's true. You know, not everybody that you spend your time with eats the same amount, eats the same type of food, speaks the same amount about food. So what you've then got to do is kind of dissect, well, what are the actions that I take based on the things that they do? So what are the, you know, most common traits? So like, for example, you might spend, you know, eight to 10 hours with someone a day, but you might never speak about food and you might never eat together. So it's probably likely that you're not going to use that person as an example. But, you know, maybe who do you spend the time with that you potentially can think more about like food, actions, what they eat, how they eat, what they drink, how they drink, and have a think about what that then looks like. How can you, you know, how can you develop a, a picture of what that person does on a day-to-day -day basis based on the actions that they take? Yeah, I think, I think you may have heard this before because I feel like I've heard it quite a lot. And, and the number does vary, but this idea that we are the sum of the five people that we spend the most time with. So think about the five people in your life that you spend that the most amount of time with, whether that's um, partners, whether it's children, whether it's um, people at work, whether it's friends, who are the people that you absorb yourself within most day? Whatever the habits are, it's likely that you're going to pick up the same habits, the beliefs and the thoughts that that person or those people have because you spend so much time with them and it's not something that you actively choose to do or we actively choose to do as humans. It just naturally happens that we share those same beliefs and thoughts and habits. And I think it's really important to understand that if we don't acknowledge that or change it, then change it for us becomes difficult because we can't really make change if our environment is non-supportive of that change without actually taking action on that. Does that make sense? I think it makes total sense, Yeah, me? I feel like I waffled a bit there, so I was about that. It's not you. Um, <laughs> oh, we've got some waffles in at the moment, haven't we? We have got some. Got them for a reel and they've got little bits of hazelnut chocolate on them. I'm going to have one before I go to the gym. Mm, that'd be good, wouldn't it? It'll be fantastic before anything, but yeah. Mm. So environment. There are... It's a tough one because ultimately, you know, when we speak about things on the podcast, we don't just focus on the what's going on. We try to find solutions to those things. But quite often as well, we probably say things that you maybe not want to hear and this might be one of those. And one of the things that you potentially need to do, and this is incredibly difficult, but it's important we talk about it, is find ways in which you can remove yourself from that environment. Now, the reason that can be so difficult is because that might be a very close friend. It might be a partner. It could be a family member. It could be a parent, a sibling. And so when we speak about remove yourself from that environment, what we don't mean is just leave everybody around you, like just disappear from, from absolutely everybody. What it might mean is that you have to be more aware and more conscious of the time that you are spending with those people. Because... Yes, there are other solutions, which we'll go on to in a second, but a lot of the time those other solutions don't necessarily work. 
And so it's really important that you can be basically putting yourself first, which again is something that a lot of us struggle with, by thinking, right, I know when I'm in that environment with that person, they push a lot of negative talk, a lot of negative words and put a lot of negative energy around me and the things that I'm doing. So to give you the perfect example, you're sat there, you're having a sandwich and someone comes over and says, aren't you supposed to be on a diet? or you eating bread for? Straight away, you feel negative, you feel bad, you feel down. It changes your mood straight away. You start to feel confused. Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? Should I be doing this? You start to question yourself. You then feel guilty, you feel bad. Before you know it, you, fi- you, you finish the sandwich and you're still hungry because you've been thinking whilst eating and not thinking about the food itself. You go and consume more food. And it's that negative cycle that we end up in. And sometimes removing yourself from a situation doesn't actually need to be a verbal thing. It can literally just be, I'm no longer going to spend time eating X amount of food in this person's environment. I'm going to choose not to. Whilst I am able to now improve my relationship with food. And that's what's important. It's not just about removing yourself. It's about removing yourself whilst doing some internal work so that mentally you can be in a more positive space when you are spending time with those people. But often that isn't necessarily possible. Yeah, and I think just to jump in before you kind of move on from that, like I, my version of this is the extreme and it's not necessarily to do with food, but like I left teaching for a reason and one of the main reasons I left teaching was because of the negative environment. Now, if anyone's a teacher, you probably relate to this, but there's there's this terminology around teaching. You've got your uh, mood hoovers and then you've got your radiators. And there is a lot of mood hoovers in teaching. So the people who just basically suck the life out of you are quite negative. And I found myself in particularly... Um, my last school that I was in, I was in a school that actually was taking a lot from me. Um, I found that I was picking up the, the the kind of negative talk, the um, the constant whinging and moaning where that wasn't me. I was always someone who liked growth. I liked change. I liked developing new ideas. I liked trying different things. I liked having a positive outlook like and, and, and finding the best in things. And I was seeing that those kind of thought patterns were trickling into me and I was being really impacted by it and I was changing the way I was behaving and over time that can have a really really big impact on your whole life essentially and I think for me it was about recognizing that and actually just actually removing myself from it and it was a really difficult thing to go do you know what this this environment isn't for me like and then there was elements of me and my personality that weren't clicking with it. But one of the big things for me was the type of people that I was surrounding myself with. It, it, because of the way the industry is, it's creating a certain type of person who sits within teaching because of the pressures that the teachers are put under. But I didn't I didn't want to settle for that. I, di- I didn't want to be in that environment because it was taking over me and my life, basically. Mm-hmm. That's a very good example of how leaving an environment isn't an overnight job as well it's not all about like oh how can I just get away from it tomorrow it's what things do I need to put in place what steps do I need to put in place so that in 18 months time I'm in an environment that I enjoy being in Mm. but like we said environment isn't always the space that you're in sometimes it's the people that are around you as well and often it can be one of the most powerful things to do to actually have a conversation with that person and be really open be really honest not in a blunt way not in a this is how things are going to go but do it in a, in a formal but a conversation mm. so that you're both coming to a conclusion. I think when you approach situations like this, what you don't want to do is sit down with someone and say in an angry 
uh, argumentative way that you're caught, you know, you don't want to say the words, you're causing this. You're the reason that I'm like this. Because ultimately, you just, you're putting them under pressure. And naturally, when we get put under pressure, we want to then argue, we want to say, no, it's not, it's not my fault, it's you. And then it just causes more tension. Instead, what we want to do is sit down with someone and say, look, I really want to have a conversation about how I'm being impacted right now. Because unfortunately, some of the words that you're using are having a, a negative impact on me. This is how it makes me feel when you say this. This is the actions I take when you say this. And you might even want to say, look, I know I need to do work on it myself. I appreciate I've got to grow and I've got to develop and I've got to learn more and I've got to explore how I can improve my relationship with food. But I'm trying to do that and I'm finding it really difficult because of the way that you're speaking, the way that you are doing certain things. The fact that every evening you come home with a takeaway makes life more difficult. Now, at some point in my life, I want to be able to mindfully eat that takeaway and I want to be able to say, no, actually, I've prepared something else. But right now, I can't do that. And it's important that you support me with this. And it's mm. important that you provide me with the environment that allows me to have a more positive relationship with food. Because I think when it is like your partner or your family, like it's hard to remove yourself from that situation. So really, you, your only option is to either have that conversation or we can come on to another tactic in a minute. But I think the optimal option is to have that conversation as difficult as it might be. And I think one of the first things we do with clients when they come on board is ask them, is there anyone who influences your decision making right now? And if there's a name in that box or if there's a group of people in that box, it's them, they're the people that we're having that conversation with straight away first thing because we know for a fact that if your environment is not supporting your goals, then your level of success is going to be quite low because we need to be tackling and challenging these things within our environment and a prime example of this is like I've had a couple of clients who've been like oh like husband he's just so nice like he brings me home like food and like I can't say no or like I go around to my in-laws and they're a bit of a feeder and I feel really rude saying no so it's it's about tackling those situations before they come so for example having that conversation with your partner and going do you know what I absolutely love that you're being so kind to me like you show me that you love me by bringing me chocolate home but like I find it really difficult to say no and not eat that because you've gone out your way to do something nice for me but that's actually not supporting my goals right now because I feel as though I have to eat it rather than me wanting to eat it mm-hmm. um, and and I've had people have that conversation and then the partner started bringing them back flowers or magazines or like buying them some clothes or something different that they're still showing them that affection, but just in a slightly different way. And I think it's really important that they understand the impact. And like when you go to family members' houses or whatever it may be, you might, if you know that they give you big portion sizes, just say, oh, do you know what? I've had like a really big dinner today. I'm not actually massively hungry. Um, Can I just have a small portion? Or... um, saying something like um please don't think i'm being rude if i don't finish everything on my plate i'm just um not eating as much anymore like i I feel like i don't really need as much food or whatever it may be that you feel comfortable with preempting it and and just letting them know that like you're not being rude because i think a lot of the time people eat out of feeling rude or even if you say like if you don't want to finish it all you just say do you know what i'm really full can I possibly have that in like a Tupperware box to take home and I can eat the rest later or tomorrow? So it's just ways of getting around that idea that you're going to offend or upset someone within your environment. But 
being aware of those potential triggers, isn't it? I think awareness is huge, isn't it? It's just a lot of the a lot of the work we do with clients and a lot of the conversations we have is about raising awareness. It's yeah. about having an understanding and developing the awareness of what's potentially going to happen because quite often we're aware of what's going to happen when we enter a room, a situation, an environment, but we're unprepared because we push away the idea that it might happen because it's uncomfortable or it's negative. And often if you focus on how that impact, how that feeling impacts you and the decisions that you make because of that, and you can not overly prepare for it and say, when this happens, I will do this. It's more of a case of just being mentally robust, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And that's something that comes with time. That's not something, you don't just kind of like read a book or get told something and go, right now I'm mentally robust to attack every single different situation. It's more about spending more time raising that awareness every time that you enter that situation and each time you almost become, you know, I'm making up the number, obviously, you become like 1% more robust. And it's like, the more times you do it, the closer you get to a point where you're able to change the decisions that you make mm. within that environment. But the difficulty is there's going to be times that you regress. There's going to be times that you feel like things are going in the right direction. Then all of a sudden, you take a step back and it's impacting you differently. And that's part of the journey. That's totally normal. Or you go into a different environment. You might be smashing it. I've got two stories here, which I think will be useful. And I said this one to a client actually on a call the other day, and it was, I feel like I had a real light bulb moment with it. So um, you might be smashing it in one environment. So say in your house, you feel like you're making all the decisions you want to be, and then you go on holiday and you can't keep up because your environment's changed with different people you're in a different setting you've got different triggers in there and you just can't do it and it, i told a story about reggie mm-hmm. so reggie we've been training him and he can do everything beautifully at home he can do it in the kitchen he can do it in the lounge he can do it in the garden now he can sit he can stand he can fly he can come like he can do all of the things that we've taught him And then we took him to puppy training. Couldn't do it, could he? Like, well, he could do it, but not as well as he would do it at home. He wasn't, like, listening as intently. And we had a conversation with the puppy trainer. She was like, it's just a new environment. There's different stimulus around, like, there's different things triggering him. He needs to just learn how to manage it in this situation. And I think the same applies with us when we're thinking about, kind of, food and decision-making around food and all that kind of stuff, like... I was basically having this conversation to a client off the back of her being on holiday and being surrounded by different people on holiday and those people have different habits to those at home and actually the eating a little bit more and drinking a little bit more and it's understanding that okay when I go and see this family member or when I go and do this that these are the thoughts that they have these are the words that they say these are the actions that they take and if I'm not able to have that conversation with them about that, I need to raise awareness going into that situation that these are going to be some potential triggers for me here. Like they're going to be saying these things and doing these things and I need to think about how I'm managing it myself and and how I'm going to detach myself from some of those thoughts and those behaviours and those comments and focus on what I'm doing and not what everyone else is doing. And I think that can be really difficult when it's your family and particularly if they're the people who've sculpted those beliefs, like if it's like your brothers and sisters and your parents and they're all within the same belief system and you're trying to break out of that, it can be really challenging to detach yourself from that and not get kind of sucked back into it. But it's just about raising that awareness, seeing it, understanding it and thinking about how you manage it uh, and going forward, isn't it? And 
Yeah, and I know in a second you're going to touch about on like probably the biggest tip that we've got and the, the best thing that you can probably do. But I think it's really important to mention that all the things that we've mentioned so far are tough. Yeah. Like, there's going to be times where, and I know I'm going to uh, relate this to me not uploading the podcast properly, mm-hmm. but we've got to see every little part of this journey as feedback, not as failure, because when you're trying to improve your relationship with food, when you're trying to overcome or manage emotionally, and when you've got an environment that doesn't support those things, it's not going to be overnight. And I think a lot of people go, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that, and everything will be okay tomorrow. It isn't the case. Quite often you might go in tomorrow and things will feel a bit different because you've made a decision. You've said you're going to do something. You've had a conversation with someone. But what you've got to remember is your environment, is there's so many people in it. Mm. And there's so much going on that it isn't just you that's controlling it. And because of that, there's going to be other people will regress. Like Jen said about a client, um, sorry, the story about, you know, um, partners bringing home flowers. One day that partner's going to bring home a chocolate bar because they're going to regress as well or they're going to forget. So what we've got to remember is that not every day is going to be the same and your environment is changing around you. So as much as you're changing, so is your environment. There'll be easier times, there'll be more difficult times and I think what you've got to do is just not be critical, not be judgmental and actually expect things to go wrong at some point, expect things to be difficult because I think when you go into this process going, well, actually, do you know what? Not every day is going to be perfect. There's going to be times where things get tough. There's going to be times where, for want of a better phrase, I get it wrong. Mm. Uh, So do you know what? I'm just going to be okay with that and what I'm going to do is I'm going to just go again tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the day after because all those little wins we will pick up as evidence. Those little bits of evidence will reinforce that we are doing what we need to be doing and it will overshadow those negative moments or those times where things, as I said before, for want of a better phrase, go wrong. And because of that, we'll have a better headspace. We'll be in a better headspace to challenge everything that's going on. Mm. We'll be in a better headspace to challenge our environment. And because of that, we'll feel so much more positive about the things that we're doing. And do you know what? I feel like something that you just said really resonated with me and I saw it a lot in teaching was that how that that same environment can change and how that can impact you. Now, if you're working on your relationship with food, and here's a prime example, um, coming into summer, all I used to see it all the time, people restricting. So like, I've got I've got my salads today. I've got my salads, and then all of a sudden it'd be like, right, we're doing this week where everyone's going to bring in food, everyone's going to cook food one day after the other, and um, or it'd be like someone's birthday. And it's like, oh yeah, but I'm I'm like I'm I'm not trying to eat food. I'm not like I'm not eating it at the moment. Like oh, it's just too much temptation. And like there's changing environments within your environment that bring up new challenges because you see the common themes within that environment and it's hard to break away from them and not kind of join it. There's an element of acceptance and being part of the group. Like I felt a real disconnect in my school because people saw me as like the healthy one Mm. and they were like, yeah, but Jen, you're the healthy one. And I was like, mate, I'm sat here with five chocolates in my hand. Like you deem healthy as not eating chocolate, but you're choosing to ignore the fact that I'm eating chocolate right now, but I'm just okay with it. Like, I'm not trying to restrict myself. I'm just having the bit that I want. Like, and people see you in a certain way as well. And that can be challenging when you're trying to change that. Um, because that might conflict with that environment and, and the norm within that environment. And if you're kind of outside of that or trying to move away from that, that can be challenging in itself as well. 100%. Sorry, I went off on a tangent there. But that kind of brings me back to this idea that when you are trying to change, 
it's really important to surround yourself with people who are doing the same thing as you because looking back at that story it's really difficult when everyone else is trying to do something different and you're on your own path to be able to keep going with that and when we make the um, desired behavior the common behavior you're more likely to achieve your goals because it becomes the norm so instead of fighting against the, the what everyone else is doing and you're doing something different actually everyone's doing what you're doing so it feels really positive so having that environment which is why at Lift Learn and Burn we make community so important because we want everyone who joins to have the opportunity to be part of a community where what you want to be doing in your life is the normal and the common behavior and you have similar struggles, you can talk through it, you're working towards a common end goal, and having that positive space where we're working together is more likely to impact change in your life. 100%. We've spoken about this before, this, the story about Sarah when she first started at Lift, Learn and Burn, and she it, she was literally on day one. I think she'd signed up on the Monday, and then on the Tuesday morning, she literally on day one, she was in the WhatsApp group, and she um, got given a croissant by someone at work and she took a photo of it, put it in the group and she was like, oh my God, can you believe it? Day one of like change and already I'm being offered food, I'm being offered croissants, what do I do? And everyone was like, just eat the croissant, like, it's fine, just, just have it. And she was like, what? They was like, yeah, just eat the croissant, it's fine. And I remember jumping on a call with Sarah and she was telling her about how powerful that was because she was finally surrounded by people that actually made her feel good because mm. people were like eat the croissant whereas for years and years and years it'd be like oh my god that's so bad isn't it terrible what are you going to do you're going to throw it away self-sabotage yeah self-sabotage you're going to throw it away you're going to what are you going to have like what how are you going to solve this situation whereas everyone at Little and Burn was like just eat the croissant and enjoy it like it's a croissant like they're great and she was like oh right and no I want a croissant I want a croissant as well <laughs> but uh, I've got a Nutella waffle instead oh you can have one of them. Um, but it was it, it was just that, as Jen said, it's that desired, the desired behaviour was the common behaviour. So mm. I wanted to feel comfortable and confident around that croissant. And to some people that might sound silly, but to us we totally get it. It's just they wanted, she wanted to feel comfortable and confident to eat it and be all right with it with no guilt. But she was surrounded by people who are comfortable and confident around a croissant that they can eat it and not feel guilt. And she was like, oh, well then that's how I'm going to behave then. Yeah. And that's what she did. And since then, obviously... We've been on an incredible journey, but it, it, it was the starting point of acceptance mm-hmm. and the desired behaviour being the common behaviour. Exactly that. And I think that is so incredibly important and underrated when you're almost fighting fires if everyone around you is trying to do or sees things in a different way to you. It makes things pretty much near impossible, doesn't it? Absolutely. So, Jen Kay, I am. How so- are we <laughs> going to do on the spot and learn it or burn it when we've, we've already, already heard, it. heard it. I am going for, I'm going to ask you the same one purely because it's such a great question and I've already had this discussion with other people on this question since asking it you. Um, so I'm just going to ask it again. I'm going to pretend I've never heard the question. Yeah, okay. So you're going to have my acting. Phil, mm-hmm. would you rather, mm-hmm. this is from Helen by the way. Okay, great question Helen. Not that you don't know it, but I don't, I'm not nobody clear. else does. No idea. Would you rather... Take free flights to your favourite destinations for the rest of your life. Oof. Or, good actor, eat for free in your favourite restaurants for the rest of your oh life. Oh my God, what a question. That is pretty accurate under your reaction last time. Flipping heck. <laughs> Flipping heck. Flipping heck. Who'd have thunk it? Oh, wow. 
But that that has oh, stumped me. I've never ever been asked this question before. To be fair, you did deliberate over this one for quite some time. I did, but then I realised quite quickly that it was the holiday one, isn't it? Cost effective. Cost effective. <laughs> I went for the proper boring. Well, actually, it's more cost effective. I could just get a holiday anywhere. I just spend the money I'm going to save on the food I can eat when I'm in that country. Exactly. It's but a it's good question. Such though. a good question that I've never been asked before. Yeah. Mm. Never. Never ever. Especially not last week. Do you think that just made that section more boring? Because I feel like we had a better discussion last time. I mean, I didn't want to lie to you. Is them. that your tummy? Are mm. you hungry? Yes. <laughs> I wonder if people heard that on the podcast because I heard last, that. The last 25 minutes, speaking about Nutella waffles, because I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm really hungry. Yeah. I think it's because I've been to the gym this morning. That's why you're hungry. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, let's ask you a learn it or burn it question. So I'm, I'm going, actually, so I'm going to change the joke. Are you going to change it? Oh, but can we tell, can we tell? Um, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring it back in in about four weeks when you forgot it. Because I know how your brain works. I do do that. Mm-hmm. But didn't we think it was a repeat already? Potentially, but it'll just be the third time we tell it. <laughs> Sorry, I laughed really close to the microphone then. Sorry so, some eardrums. Chelsea, thank you very much for sending this joke through. Oh, she's back? She's back. Did you ask for this? No, because you asked for it on the end of this podcast. You asked Chelsea for more. I actually got a message saying, I've definitely sent you more jokes than you've not read. <laughs> Chelsea, you sent me 12 a day, which is why I probably missed some out. Apologies. But you asked her for some? I did. Um, yeah, she's fuming. I've definitely sent you more jokes than you've not read. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> Full stop. No, she then carried Freedom. on. She then carried on with, I will, however, try to think of another. <laughs> Which she did. So, uh, Chelsea was actually walking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend it's you, Chelsea. She was uh, walking past a shop the other day. Oh, yeah. She saw a sign, TV, £20, but the volume is stuck on maximum. She thought, <laughs> simply an offer I can't turn down. <laughs> I was already laughing because Phil tells that one all the I time. I love that joke. Literally all the time. Can't turn that down. Honestly, I don't know how you fit that so much into life, but you really, really... And do you know what? I find it funny every time. I genuinely work very hard at trying to fit in jokes. Like, if I can fit a joke into a situation... The amount of times I've heard, oh, oh, bit cold for not wearing a top today, isn't it? And I look over and I'm like, where's the person in the army jacket? Where are they? Like, literally, camouflage jacket every time. Oh, oh, why'd you come out with no pants on? Turn round and pants. Love it. Camouflage. Do you know my favourite one is? When you go into a shop and they sell like camouflage jackets and oh, they sell like £10. You're like, £10 for an hanger? It's expensive. <laughs> it's like, a good hanger. All the time. The worst part is, I went out on a walk with my friends recently and I turned around and I was like, oh, wonder why they've not put a jacket on today. And I was like, no, it's happening to me. You're getting funnier. I am getting you funnier. You do the mushroom joke as well, don't you, sometimes? Not mushrooming here. Not mushroom for them. Another one that Phil does every week. Every time we go shopping. Every time we go shopping. Oh, well, we've not been able to go together since we've had Reggie. Since we've had Reggie, you're happy with the fact that we can't Just walking around the shop on my own going, oh, not mushroom for these, innit? Not mushroom for these. (laughs) Honestly, it's never ending. I am getting funnier though since I met you. That's good to know. I I make jokes sometimes. I'm getting clumsier since I met you. (laughs) No, you're not. Um, It's more stressed. (laughs) (laughs) It's more stressed, yeah. That's why I feel... So Phil had her before we met. Mm Mm-hmm. Not now. Now with a baldy. No, that's not very nice. Can't call me a baldy. accurate. No, baldy is insulting. Is I it? am bald. All right. You can't call me a baldy. Why? Because that's insulting. Why? We all get insulted. Why? Because it's insulting. Why? <laughs> Why? It just hurts me inside. All right. I don't need a reason to be in pain. Inside your bald head. I don't need to. I don't need to know inside my heart. <laughs> 
Alex is probably also bald. Can't imagine much hair on that. <laughs> imagine if you had a fuzzy little heart. I've not got a bald heart. <laughs> and a bald head. And a bald head. I've got bald legs. I've not got bald legs, no. Yeah, I've not just... Or a bald chest. You, you, all your hair went... No, you were supposed to have hair on... You are supposed to have hair on your chest as well. Never mind. Episode 45, <laughs> Phil's body hair. <laughs> Looking forward to that one next week. <laughs> oh, sorry. Exciting. Oh, I've got right little giggles on me today. You have, haven't you? Yeah. I want to carry on this podcast and just... Just keep chatting. Just keep you giggling. <laughs> That's what's that up? Uh, family Guy. Family Guy. I don't even watch it, I've just heard it. Yeah, The guy with the big peanut head. Is it? Hmm? I don't know his name. I'm not watching it. I'm just saying it's got I can't remember what he's called. Anyway, it went down. Else, as I said, we should probably carry on talking. <laughs> right. right. I'm going to so, go have a Nutella waffle. That is the end of this week's podcast. Terrific. And then I'm going to go the to end. the gym. So I've given Phil a task for next week. It's to find the podcast outro music because I said that we're going downhill in the world, in the podcast world, and people will notice. People, people are noticing. People are noticing. We've not done outro. We messed up last week's podcast. It's not acceptable. It's not fair. I've, I've given him. Not fair. I've given him a, a verbal it's, warning. It's feedback. You can't give me a, vi- vi- a verbal warning for feedback, yet. <laughs> I've given you some constructive. I'm looking for criticism. a new job. <laughs> Is anybody taking on? <laughs> yeah. On that note. Pay me Nutella waffles. Nutella waffles to come, and have a great day. Also. Do the likings, the rating. There is, I say like, rate, and subscribe. I don't think there's a like function, is there? There's not a like function, no. But you can rate, rate. You can like it emotionally. Emotionally like it. You can rate with it physically. With your fairy hats. You can, you can rate it physically. You, sh- you can subscribe physically. And you can share it to your story physically. You can. Also, you can write a little review. You Re- can. Maybe it's review, rate, and subscribe. Maybe that's what we're supposed to say. But when you're doing it, don't base it on the fact that we don't have an outro and we messed up last week's podcast. Yeah, pretend, Forget about pretend those two those things. Pretend those things didn't happen. And then leave us a review. Then leave the review. And then if you do that, I will then put an outro in. And we'll send you a Nutella waffle in the post. No, we won't. Shh, no. don't tell them. Nobody's getting Nutella waffles. We tried to send the moon once. We're not going to get a waffle there, are we? We did send them bits of cheese. We did. Right. Have an incredible week. The best week you've ever had in your entire life. It's the best. And next week, Around. at this point, there'll be an outro. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>